What's your mission today? What's your mission tomorrow that God has given to you? Have you fulfilled it? Are you going to fulfill it? We need to really think about these things because these things have to be done until the day you go with Jesus. Every day we come into contact with things like that. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, as Roll continues our series in Acts, he'll explore how the Holy Spirit enabled two former fishermen to perform an amazing miracle. You'll see how God can use you in his kingdom building plans. Follow along with us for assurance that you don't need a lot of experience or a hefty bank account to do great things for God. All you need is his Holy Spirit. Let's listen as Roll Reese begins. Peter and John have power now. The disciples of Jesus Christ, they've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, he says, And now when Peter and John went up together to the temple, at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, so they had three times, nine in the morning, 12 o'clock noon, and three o'clock in the afternoon. The Muslims have four times. The Jews have three times. Nine in the morning, 12 o'clock noon, and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And what's amazing to me as I was reading the scripture and watching what God was saying here, they went to the temple, the place of worship. They're Jews. They're Christians, not believers. But in back of their minds, they knew the times, 9, 12, 3, and they wanted to come to the temple. But you see, the Lord had a purpose for them to go to the temple because there was a person in need there. A lot of times we don't realize that wherever we go sometimes, it's not by coincidence, the Lord has something for you. But are you open? Are you open what God wants to do through your life? A lot of times we're (laughs) our phones and we're somewhere else instead of listening to what God is saying. Opportunity that he gives to you and me. Opportunities. Not a job. Opportunities. And this was an opportunity for John and for Peter. Because it says this, that when they went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, now notice important. Notice the importance of prayer. Right off the bat, verse 1. The importance of prayer. If Jesus prayed so much, why should we not follow that example? But to me, this is so great that the Lord takes him to the house of the Lord. And there in the house of the Lord, there's a beggar that is laid there every single day to ask for alms or ask for money. And then I wrote this down. He says, it was a time for the Lord, not my time, not your time. Right here is a time for the Lord. That's why we're here. We come because we want to learn and we want to pray and we want to be built up by the word of God. Every single one of us. Submitting my will to prayer. Submitting my will to prayer. That's the hardest thing to pray. Satan hates that. Remember Jesus three times while he was praying, the enemy came. In the Garden of Gethsemane, what happened? Jesus is praying and the enemy's there. I mean, saints everywhere because he doesn't want you to worship Jesus. He wants you to get busy with 
TV, go here, go there, do this, do that, to be so busy in your computer, your iPad, you know, whatever you're doing, time, 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 for you, but not for the Lord. These guys are giving time to the Lord because God has something for them. They don't know that. They don't know that. And so when we pray, we don't follow 9, 12, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We pray all the time. While you're driving, you don't have to move your lips in your mind. You're praying to the Lord. Lord, help me with this and this and my family, all these things going on. And as you're praying throughout the whole day, then you begin to see answers. And sometimes the enemy comes along and says, why don't you shut up? You're just blowing wind. And he brings depression. He wants you not to really believe in what you're doing. And the reason he does that is because you can't see God. I don't see no angels. If they're here, I don't see angels. Demons? I don't see demons. But man, I tell you what, I know they're there. I know they're there. And how many times the angels have protected my life? And here it's also written for Peter and John to go down to the house of the Lord to pray. And God has something for them. Verse 2. And a certain man lame, he couldn't walk. A person with a need. Do you think there's a lot of lame people out there? They can't walk spiritually. They can't walk They're in the world because they're blind. Totally crippled concerning their own lives. Spiritually. And yet this blind man was set there at the perfect time. Every day he would come to that place and ask for money. And it says certain from his mother's womb. So he was born like that. He was carried. Since he was a baby. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. This was an entrance in Israel. To ask for alms from those who were entering into the temple. Notice that. The man here is demonstrating his need. His helpless condition. God sees your helpless conditions. He sees my helpless conditions, believe it or not. He saw this man's helplessness. He was there. He was about 40 years of age at this particular moment. And then you kind of sit there and you watch what God is saying here in the scriptures. And you're thinking, well, why didn't he heal everybody? Everybody, why just him? Because God has his ways. God's perfect timing for everything. At this particular moment, he's dealing with a certain man that can walk. He goes on to say, in verse 3, and who saw Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask for alms. So, you know, you go to Mexico City, whatever, you have these guys by the church, and they sit with a little cup, or they're like this, whatever it is. And they're going into the house of the Lord, so you take a coin, you're going to put it in. So this guy's asking for alms. Verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him. Notice, with John, Peter said, look at us. Notice his command, look at us. Notice God leading here to perform a miracle. He's getting ready to do a miracle to John and Peter. Two men who are called, two men that are called by Jesus, listen, they can be trusted. Can God trust you? That you're not going to get puffed up and say, hey, guess what I did? This is what God allows me to do all the time. All kinds of pride. Here, Peter and John, they look at this man. 
He says, look again, verse 4, fixing their eyes on him with John Peter, said, look on us. Look at us right now. Verse 5. And so they gave him his attention. He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He was expecting gold and silver. Think about that. And yet, God had something else for him. Maybe you're not crippled, but maybe you're having financial problems in your life. This guy had financial problems in order to maintain himself, to buy food, to pay rent, whatever it is. And a lot of times you can get discouraged. You say, well, you know what? I think I'm going to ask for money. And then the Lord says, listen, I talked to you already. I'm going to give it to you. But not in your time, my time. This was God's perfect time for this man right here. God's perfect time to heal him. God's perfect time for Peter and John to come to the temple and see this guy there, you know, begging for money. And the Lord says, this is your mission today. What's your mission today? What's your mission tomorrow that God has given to you? Have you fulfilled it? Are you going to fulfill it? We need to really think about these things because these things have to be done until the day you go with Jesus. Every day we come into contact with things like that. In verse 5 again, And he gave him his attention, expecting to read something from them. And then Peter said, here comes Peter the leader. And Peter said, silver and gold do I not have. He lets them know, listen, we have no money. But what I do have, I'll give to you. Well, Peter, what do you have? If you don't have silver and gold, then what do you have? Listen. But what I have, I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. He must have been shocked. Are you kidding me? I have no money, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to walk. You're going to walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I can just see this man sitting there, looking at Peter, hearing his words coming out of his mouth. And all of a sudden, somehow, the power of God hit this man. Boom. And get up. Started moving his leg. Wow, you know what? Oh, I can walk now. Imagine when he went home. Son, what happened to you? His friends, man, what happened to you? A miracle has happened in my life. The Lord Jesus Christ has healed me. This guy here, man, he was touched by the Lord, and it was just incredible, the miracle that God did in his life. He goes on for seven, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength. Can you imagine? Without exercising, boom, he's up. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We want to remind you that we are committed to helping you grow in fruitfulness and faith with insights from God's Word every day. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also download our free app for convenient access to a wealth of other resources. Now back to more of today's lesson. And then it says, verse 8, And so leaping up, he stood and he walked and entered the temple with them. Can you imagine the priest? Here comes the disciples. 
They see him at the gate every day, and here he is walking. They're like, wow, man, what happened to you? And he says he walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping. <laughs> Imagine that. Walking and leaping. I love this. And praising God. Ah, praising God. How we need to praise God for the things that he's done, that he's doing, and he will do. Look what he's done already. Number one, you're born again of the Holy Spirit. Born of the Holy Spirit. He gave you a family. He gave you a job. He gave you good health, or maybe you don't have good health, but you're still alive. And I think that if we go back to all these things, like this man that was healed by the Lord, and as he was leaping and praising God, and look at the reaction of the people, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. The hopeless sinner, now what? Walking and praising God. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. That's what happened when you accepted Christ. Man, what happened to you? I mean, you're not the same person. Nope, I am not. But what happened? Well, Jesus touched my life. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Jesus, who's Jesus? He healed me. He touched me. I'm a Christian. A Christian, what's that? Christ-likeness. Oh, really? Let's watch your life if you're Christ-likeness. Because in the scripture in John chapter 3, it says what? When you become born again of the Holy Spirit, is by the Spirit of God. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's what? He's a new creature. All things are swept away and all things have become brand new. Brand new. We're new creatures. But the reason loved ones, friends, and people get turned off to Jesus is because they look at your life. You're misrepresenting Jesus. I don't know how, but if you are, man, God's speaking to you tonight. Be careful of misrepresenting Jesus. Make sure you represent him as we're supposed to do it as Christians, as Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. That's what he wants. Verse 10. And then they knew that it was he who sat digging at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder, amazement to what happened to him. And now as a layman who was healed, held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's great amaze. Notice, people were blown away. This porch of Solomon is 45 feet wide with uh, rows of stone, five stones, columns, 27 stones high as the roof over the cedar, over the top of the building. And they were sitting there. And all of a sudden, verse 12, so when Peter saw it, what's going on? He responded to the people, man, this is where his message begins. Now he's going to preach to them. The miracle taking place, now he's going to give them the gospel. I love this. In verse 12 to verse 26, he says that when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? I mean, why are you marveling? Or why look you so intensely at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man to walk? It's not us. It's not us. 
See, the message brings about explanation, verses 12 to 16, and then exhortation, verse 17 to 26. So Peter's standing there, looking at what's going on around them. He says, hey, you guys, wait a minute. What's happened is not because of us, it's because of Jesus. Why this man here is walking, he goes on to say, in verse 13, he says, the God of Abraham, they're Jews, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, glorified who? Jesus. Jesus. Glorified Jesus. The one that appeared to Abraham, Jesus. Remember what took place in Genesis chapter 22? When Abraham received a call from the Lord, and the Lord said to him, Abraham, I want you to take your son, the one you love so much, your only son, and take him to Mount Moriah, three-day journey, and take two of your servants, go right away, then tell his wife nothing. He left first thing in the morning. Took him three days to get there. Three is what, the number of the resurrection? He goes there, they stay far away, says, you guys stay here, me and my son are going up and we're coming back again. What? That's faith. Faith. He trusted God. That even if God would kill him, God would raise him from the dead. Wow. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament. He says, don't just read the Bible. Allah got to speak to you. He goes up to the mount. Mount Moriah, if you've been to Israel with us, from the Mount of Olives, you can look across. Remember, you can see Mount Moriah to the right on the other side of the street where Jesus was crucified. So here is Abraham going up to Mount Moriah. And what does he do? He gets there, sets up the altar. His son's about 33 years old. And the son says, hey, Dad, um, where's the sacrifice? Well, son, you're the sacrifice. Oh, you got to be kidding me. And what does he do? Isaac, on his way up, is carrying the wood. What's the type of the wood? The cross of Jesus Christ. And then the knife, as he lays him on the altar. And when Abraham gets ready to obey God in his heart, he takes that knife, he's going to kill him. And God says, Abraham, awesome, man. You obey my voice. You don't have to kill your son. My son will die 2,000 years in the same place. In the same place. Man, so awesome, the stories. That God speaks to us, that God not only shares with us, but we see it in the scriptures. And Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorify his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. So he's rebuking and looking, you guys, you're the ones that crucified Jesus. You went to Pilate and Pilate crucified him. But you denied the Holy One, Jesus, the just, and asked for a murder to be granted. Remember Barabbas? We want Jesus to be crucified, but let Barabbas go, a murderer, and kill the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which you are witnesses. You saw it. You guys said that somebody stole the body, you know, he resurrected from the dead, 
When you go to Israel and we go down to the tomb, it's pretty incredible because you walk down. As you come to the garden, you walk through, which is your first time, you don't know this, but they'll take you from here this way to Mount Moriah so you can see where he was crucified. So then from Moriah, they bring you back around this way, and when you come this way, there's a drop, and the tomb is down. And all of a sudden you see this tomb. You go, wow, man. Is this a tomb? This is where Jesus was buried, they say. So what do you do? I sit up on top with my camera to film. Because everybody's kind of sovereign. You're kind of quiet. And then one by one, they go into the tomb. And one by one comes out weeping and crying and totally changed. Jesus died and rose again from the dead. So incredible to go to Israel. You mean your life will change. Your life will change. So we have all these scriptures going on. And then verse 16, and his name through faith in his name had made this man strong, whom you see now and know. Hey, listen, it was not us. It was the same person that you killed, same person that rose again from the dead. 40 days, and then he went up to heaven, ascended to heaven. Yes, the faith which comes through him, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of every one of you. Whose faith? The faith that he had in Jesus. The same faith you and I have in Jesus. I love it. Verse 17. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. Can you imagine the grace of God? In ignorance. You really didn't know what you were doing. As I did also your rulers, notice the leaders, Peter's exhorting them now. It begins here to exhort them. He says, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Messiah would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. He already did what it was prophesied. The prophecies have come to pass. You say, well, where? Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, read it. He was crucified. He resurrected. He ascended. He's coming back again to set up his kingdom, to create a new heaven and a new earth. And again, because he became the savior of the world. That's why we worship Jesus. That's why we accept him. That's why he's my Lord and my savior. We hope you've been inspired by Peter and John's example of humble service empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapter 3. We'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Now, if you're still feeling uncertain about how God might be able to use you in building His kingdom, we'd like to tell you about a four-part series exploring more of what it looks like to live a Spirit-led life. Available on both CD and a USB thumb drive, this series clarifies the Holy Spirit's unique role and explores how He can work through ordinary and perfect people to accomplish God's perfect eternal plans. To order this study, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your four-part Holy Spirit series on a flash drive for a gift of $12 or a CD pack for $19. 
Our number, once again, is 800-634-9165. To order this resource by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we are thankful for your faithful partnership. Your tax-deductible gifts are a great blessing and enable us to keep sharing the gospel. Tune in next time as we return to Acts for inspiration to take a strong stand for the gospel. We'll see how Peter and John not only performed an amazing miracle in Jesus' name, they resisted the powerful church leaders who tried to stop them. Here's Roll now with a closing comment. So what is the key? Verse 19. Real simple. Repent. Repent. The first word John the Baptist preached, the first word Jesus gave his message, and then also Paul the Apostle, repent, 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 first message. The importance of repentance. Exhortation to them, repent therefore and be converted. Not baptized, be converted. Notice that. That your sins, plural, may be blotted out. How are they blooded out? By the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. He says he takes our sins in Psalms and he casts them as far to the east of the west and buries them in the deepest part of the ocean. How deep is the deepest part of the ocean? We think about it. But think what God has done. And then he says also again, he says, converted that thy sins may be blooded out. So that time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, not from us, the presence of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of God will come. And He'll save you if you repent. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.